And here he is, having the time of his life. That's just big brains for It is, other than jazz, it's the only other real American art form there is. There's a dirty little secret. I've said that if... Melinda Brown Duncan, baby! If it weren't my daughter, perhaps I'd be dating her. But he gotta eat the booty like groceries. You gonna die doing this dumb ass, yeah. f***ing fool? Open your mouth like I give you this milk. Open your f***ing mouth, man. I gotta do you like my two-year-old baby. The truth of the matter is, you were not a good baby. Well, you ain't seen nothing, my friend, until you have a flame coming out of your butthole, and you need an asbestos diaper to be able to keep that flame from burning a hole in your pants. You ain't seen nothing yet. And I don't know nothing about it, but I learned quick, fast, and hurt. I still got Pandora with commercials. What? You told me to leave wallet in my order while you're making out with that slut. Being in the industry with how much you take on your face. There are men and women fighting. You are not fighting for your rights to speak Spanish. They're fighting for your rights to speak American. This is terrible. This is terrible. I'm 46 years old. You know, bring your kids so kiss my black Hey, hold the presses. We just got some breaking news. Obviously, you guys know we're going to start Deshaun this week. I thought uh, that gave us the best opportunity to win the game. Yeah, I'm going to stand. I'm going to stand for America. For the red, white, and blue. Susie Dalton, co-writer. <laughs> Thank you very much. Welcome to the Sansbury Show on Rock 106.9. This is your last day to get hooked up with those D. Snyder tickets because that shows tonight at the Hard Rock Roxino. We'll also then throw you at the rotting for the meet and greet with Mr. One D. Snyder. Your tickets will be at Will Call up there at the Hard Rock, so you just be able to go straight to the venue. You should be able to talk to D. Snyder. He's going to tell you about how much every other musical format sucks. Like, yeah. My music's the worst. Be careful of the t-shirt you're wearing. <laughs> D's been unhappy with their Kardashians wearing Twisted Sister t-shirts. He doesn't like it. Joined every morning by the able-bodied Matthew Fantone. Buddy, how are you? I can't complain at all, man. I got a good night's sleep last night, ready to go on a Friday. The real question is, how are you, buddy? I, uh, so I got home late last night. Yeah, you did. And I forgot to set my alarm. <sighs> and I overslept a little bit, so I'm, I'm behind the eight ball a little bit, but I gotta tell you, dude, Guns N' Roses can still do it. Like, they can still totally do it. Now, I will be honest. I read everybody, like, I read all, like, the timelines and stuff, and everybody went, like, seemed like they absolutely loved it. For me, Axel could have been a little better. Like, I, and I feel like I'm being nitpicky. I've seen 10 million shows. I've been, right. you know what I mean? I'm being a little nitpicky, I'll be honest. But he could have been a little better. Just a little. Like, I felt like uh, he's getting a little lazy with belting some of this out. Um, is it lazy or is it like the lack of ability to do it anymore? I mean, as you get older, you're Column voice, A, column B, you know, I think. I think. And plus, I mean, I don't know how long they've been on the road now, but I mean, they've been touring since last summer. Like, I got to imagine at some point, dude, your, your throat just gives out. Right, doing three hour um, shows every night. Yeah, I mean, that was just it. There was no opener, they came out on time. And they played. Now, I left very early. I mean, really early. Um, I wanted to avoid the traffic. I wanted, to, uh, I wanted to get home as early as I could and get some decent sleep for today. I, uh, so I did not stay for the whole show. Um, but, I mean, I looked at the set list before I left. And was like, all right. I, I feel like, and I got what I went for. I, I couldn't believe they were even going to play Estranged, but they did. And so I saw that. I saw Rocket Queen, which is probably my favorite song off of their debut record. And so I felt like, all right, you know, they opened up with, I believe it's so easy. 
and kind of went in. I think it was Mr. Brownstone was second, maybe. I, um, I'm having a hard time recalling that. Um, but they were great. I mean, they were great. It's When they came out, I realized, oh, this is why a lot of bands just don't sell tickets. Because you're not... That's been my knock on this whole new wave of bands that's out now. Is that a stage like that would swallow any one of those bands whole. And there's Slash and Axel, and you're like, yeah, dude, those are real rock stars. Like, those guys are legitimate rock stars. Was it sold out or close? Or it was, was close it? enough. Okay. I was. I kept being told, um, we stopped by the House of Blues a little bit earlier. As a matter of fact, I ran into a bunch of people that we know. And uh, we were at the House of Blues, you know, kind of pre-gaming. And they were kind of talking about how it wasn't sold out. But when I was in my seats, I was like... Oh man, I'm like everywhere I looked, there was people close enough. Though. Yeah, I mean it was. Uh, uh, they don't have to be worried about how little tickets they sold or anything like that. Yeah, nothing worse than going to a show at a big venue like that and it at half capacity. Because then you just feel like, why did I waste my money? Why did I waste my money? Why are we all here? And like, I'm sure the band knows that too. Where oh, yeah. it's like, oh god, look at all those empty seats up there. And they're human, so my guess is it's going away into their performance. Of course, you how know what I mean. Not? And but they were great. I mean. It, Tight, played everything. Axel was not like the... I mean, everybody's worried. Is he going to show up on time? Is Because, dude, listen to this. Axel does not have a... So, a few of my buddies work, like, construction at the queue. So, like, they okay. help build sets and, like, do that kind of stuff, right? Right. And so, I was told last night that he does not have a green room in the venue. Never sets foot in the venue until the show starts. So, like, he'll leave his hotel... By limo, pulls up to the show, walks right onto the stage, starts performing. He'll go to the venue early, do the sound check, leave. The rest of the guys all have like areas where they right. like hang out and do all that stuff. Axel, no. Like, dude, will not, I'm told, will not spend a lot of time with Slash off stage. Um, I guess there's probably a little bit of like those guys hate one another. But you recognize that, like, dude, we can make a lot more money with each other. Like, Axel's probably like, dude, I went out on tour with Buckethead, it sucked. And and, and Slash is probably like, dude, I went out on tour with Miles Kennedy and it sucked. sucked. And it right. sucked. Can we please just make some cash together? I'm sure that's what it is. I found it interesting that like, they won't speak. Like, I don't know how you do that. Like, there's a lot of radio shows like that. Like, people think all, every radio show gets along. Most of them don't. Bob and Tom was like that at the end, right? Didn't they? Weren't those guys pretty at each other? I think, yeah, I think I had heard some rumors on that. I know a lot of Bubba's guys, right. after two years, they're just like, dude, I just, honestly, I don't even talk to that guy when we're off the air. Like, I know, I mean, it just happens. I think it, when you're stuck with somebody that closely, that long, um, I will say this, though, and I was reminded of, of this last night while watching it. Appetite for Destruction, I've said this before, Appetite for Destruction is by far the best debut record from any band in any format in the history of music. That album is just relentlessly good all the way through it. It never lets you up off the mat, ever. Yeah, top to bottom, it's a great album, and even for like... I mean, don't get me wrong. I know that was in like a lot of metal was coming out at that point, but it still sounded so different from everything else. Right. It didn't quite sound hair metal. It didn't quite sound uh, they were metal the bridge. metal. Yeah, it just it, there was something different about. They it. were the bridge between hair rock and grunge, like and they they were like the the, the bridge that was kind of like in between those two things. Because yeah, when this album, I mean, it took Appetite for Destruction a year to pop on the charts. It was out a year before it popped. 
because nobody knew where to put it because they didn't sound like anything else. Yeah, it didn't sound like Warrant, but it didn't sound like Metallica. Right. You know what I mean? It so where's it go? It was just somewhere different there. And that's how you know normally you have the mark of something great on your hands. And they were awesome. They were every... I mean... I took my buddy, who's not the biggest GNR fan, but he was like, man, dude, he's like, these guys are great. <laughs> I was like, yeah, man, there's a reason why everybody's here. They were damn good. Every hour on the program this morning, you have a shot at $1,000. Your first one's happening right now. Your shot at $1,000. Now, text the keyword cash to 200-200. Show Rock 106.9. And welcome back to the Sansbury Show. Coming up at 7.30, we'll talk to Munch on sports. You can catch Munch weekdays at 3 on Fox Sports 1350 and everywhere on the iHeartRadio app, which there's probably no better time to tell you about this. Starting today, you can get an all-access pass into, well, I believe it's all iHeartRadio's all-access, right? Indeed it is. It's, uh, it's our premium service of iHeartRadio, and we're giving you a free preview weekend of it starting today. You get access to everything. You got the list down there, buddy? What, is, oh, what, do, you know, they, dude. what uh, do they get? You get unlimited skips if you start like a station and you're like, ah, I don't like this song. Boom, you skip towards it. Uh, you can create your own playlist. You can download all songs and download them and listen to them offline. You See, brought this up before. Where, like, I'm going, going on a flight. Yep, perfect. And it's perfect for that. Yeah, you load the phone up full of the songs and then you have it right there. And uh, you know it's 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 trick or treat this weekend. There's I know there's like a Halloween like pre-made station with like all the best Halloween jams. So oh, that's cool. He cranked that up. The kiddos are walking by. It's gonna be a good time. Put the dry ice in the bucket. Yeah. Get the fog going. Yeah. Speaking of all that, did you see out in the uh, out in the hallway there? We now have inflatable. Oh yeah. Halloween decorations. Oh yeah, night. I saw it. <laughs> now I had my day wrong. I thought honestly, I thought legitimately it was the end of the month like today, and it's not. No. And so I was like, why did we spend... Because it wasn't up when I left yesterday. So this got done yesterday afternoon. And I walked in and I was like, we don't do a kid's trick... Like, normally a lot of places like this, they'll have, like, the staff bring their kids in and, like, go, like, you know, cubicle to cubicle for, like, little Snickers bars. No. So, like, I I like that we're going to get festive, right? I'm not knocking it. But who in the hell is that for? I... Like, know. who's it for? I do not Is know. that to get you and I pumped up about I Halloween? Yes, we're the closest thing to children in this in this building, right? I think we're the closest thing to adults <laughs> in this building. I think that's the the, the the more unfortunate problem. Is that I think we're the closest thing to real adults. Yeah, I did see that. You know what? It's As much as I want to knock it, and there's like, they got the, like this big blow-up archway outside right. of my office. I'll take a picture, and I'll get it posted for you guys. Actually, I'll, I'll make sure it's at my Instagram, which is dan.sansbury. You'll be able to see that. And I'll take it. But those things, those fans make all that noise, and I, I wanted to get pissed about it as soon as I walked into the building this morning. I was like, oh my God. So when I'm done doing the show, and I got to go in there and put the best up together, now I got to listen to this fan, and then I realized, bro, it's a fan. Just turn it off. <laughs> like, dude, like, why, why are you so angry? Why are you so mad about a fan? Don't be bothered by this. Because the truth is, as much as I want to knock having a Dracula in the hallway, you know what we would knock more? Us not doing anything. Right. Dude, what? We just not, not even recognize what's Halloween? Not, what's not Halloween? We're not going to do anything? Like, we'd be knocking that. Like, I realize, dude, we're the show. We'll knock it no matter what's Whatever going on. It doesn't matter. No matter, no matter what it is these people we work with do, we don't like it. <laughs> Fantone and I are like, yeah, we're not in on that. I uh I so I just read this thing at Fox Eight. Okay. And I couldn't believe yesterday when I woke up and went out to my car when there was like an inch of ice on the windshield. Right. 
that I didn't have to like read every Facebook profile ever complaining about, oh my God, it, the, the ice is already here. Well, I I would say to them is like, dude, this has been the warmest October in like the history You've of ever October. Had. So like, no, I I mean, you got to deal with a little bit of frost on October twenty seventh. That's okay. Yeah, I well, I agree, but you know, most people just get spoiled, right? And so I expected all day that that to be the case yesterday, and it wasn't. And I was actually pleasantly surprised. But according to Fox Eight and their team of weather, you know, professionals, meteorologists, of there, people that go to weather dot com, just like you, <laughs> just they have the app on their phone, and they're like, all right, hey, chief meteorologist, right here. For the staff of people that are allowed to be wrong at their job 63% of the time, I think is what people have figured out, other people get it wrong, they have unveiled their 2017-2018 winter outlook for Northeast Ohio, and they did this yesterday. All right. Okay. It turns out, Fox 8 predicts, that we are getting 64 to 76 inches of snow this winter. Now, you might be thinking, well, I don't know how much that is. It's double the amount of snow you had last year. Okay. The, apparently last year was a very lean snowfall year. Now, I keep hearing people, and I don't know who knows what. When it comes to the weather, but people will adamantly say to you, this is what the weather is going to be, as if they're trained to know. Like, you know, I, I've heard people, I've had people tell me all fall long, oh, don't worry, this is going to be the lightest winter you've ever had. Well, and I was like, the last couple of years have been. I mean, yeah, last year wasn't too bad. But if we're getting double the amount of snow from last year to this year, I don't like that at all. I don't like it. But I mean, it, I hate snow, dude. You got to remember last year, I think there was like a couple of decent like snowstorms. There was a couple of blizzards. And I don't even know if I'd really say they were blizzards. Probably snowstorms is more accurate there. And that was kind of it. Like we got punched like three or four times. But other than that, I felt like it was a pretty easy going winter last year. So I'm not necessarily surprised if we're getting back to average. It's not like they're saying like, yo, most snow ever. Like, you know, you better be uh, better be ready to bunker down. If it can just get back to average, I mean, it's all right. Yeah, 76 inches of snow is what they're saying. That's about double the amount from last year. Uh, again, very lean snowfall last year. Um, they say a more problematic portion of the forecast is the temperature in our area um, is caught between Arctic visits and milder melting breaks. I don't know what that, I don't necessarily know. You're probably getting into like deep, deep, deep freeze, like under zero at points, and then you're getting up over 32 at points, which is terrible for the roads. I know the number one thing people complain about in Canton, Ohio is like potholes, and that's when things really start after oh, yeah. is because it freezes, then it unfreezes, and it freezes, and it unfreezes, and that's where like the cracks and the holes come from. That's what it, it's one of the reasons why I hate the weather here so much, Ohio. It's just like... It's because we it turns us into the orange barrel state. Like again, yesterday I was going up to the queue to see Guns N' Roses, right? And you got to get on seventy seven. And I don't like what is it's past the interchange, but like right there in Akron, seventy seven route eight interchange, like right, but right past that now there's like an exit in Akron that they've been working on for two years. And it's like, for some reason, it's still, you get bottlenecked right there for one exit. It's like, guys, how long could this possibly take you to get this done? I wonder the same thing often. I like driving up market. They've been working on that. Literally the same stretch of market. Yeah. Past, past like, I think like 30th up there. And it's like, guys, what are we doing? Those union lunches are awesome, man. Um, I, I, I was going to say, I don't know if it's workers. I don't know if it's, if it's like, you know, circumstances or what it is, but there's plenty of times you're just like, dude, what are, what are we? And I guess really, who are we to complain when it's like, well, you know, you complain about jobs. Nobody's got 
about jobs. Like, well, at least these guys have jobs. But still, like, I uh, I, I understand the frustration. No matter when, I'm so spoiled. No matter when road work is being done, I want it done at the other time of the day. Like, dude, if I'm there at night, what are you doing this at night for? Do it while we're all at work. And then you, they start doing it during the day. I'm like, why are you guys doing this in the middle of the night? No matter what it is, I want them doing it at the opposite end of the day. Buddy, I hear that apparently there are rumors, and they're pretty heavy, that former UFC women's bantamweight champion, Ronda Rousey, is now, they say, is going to be at WrestleMania 34 in New Orleans on April the 8th. That's the rumors. According to Dave Meltzer on the Wrestling Observer Newsletter, whatever the hell that is, they, uh, they call for Rousey to team up with her four horsemen cohorts from MMA. Shanna Brazler, Jessamyn Duke, and Marina Schaffer against WWE's Four Horsemen and Charlotte Flair, Sasha Banks, Becky Lynch, and Bailey. Is Becky Lynch the woman you interviewed? Yeah, Becky Lynch. We had her on the show about two weeks ago at this point, and I tried to get it out of her. I was like, yo, hey, what do you know about Ronda Rousey? And she kind of showed her cards. I don't think she was necessarily expecting that question because she made it seem like she was coming, but she didn't. I can't believe she wouldn't think that 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 question was coming, right? I I think part of what it was is she probably was used to dealing with, like, you know, Dave and Chuck the Freak in the morning, and they were probably just like, good morning, Becky Lynch, tell us about the wrestling. I had no idea who she is. And I had actual questions for her, so I think she was just kind of a little thrown back. But, uh, I mean... I guess I'm not surprised about Ronda Rousey. I am surprised about these three other chicks because they're still active MMA fighters, right? As far as I know, I, I don't know much about them, to be honest with you. I uh, Maybe I'm sexist, but I pay a lot less attention to female UFC. Because at what point, Dana White, you know what I'm saying? Like Dana White's not going to let his active fighters go WWE, right? I mean, <sighs> fighters that aren't marquee. I mean, maybe. I mean, does it draw attention? I mean, that's a new sport. He probably needs eyeballs, right? Does it does it draw attention? Sure, but like, is that worth the undercutting of your brand? I mean, like, I, I love WWE, absolutely love it, but like, I understand the difference in why MMA would want to stay away from allowing its competitors to be a part of that. But I guess they let Brock Lesnar do it. But he's exceptional. Like he really is. See, I think that's what it's going to be. I think either if you're either exceptional, he'll let you do it, and if you're just not a big enough star, he might let you do it. I think those middle-of-the-road UFC people are probably the ones where he's going to give you a grief on it. You know what I mean? But for for fighters that you might not, but might, that might not be household names, maybe that's a good way to get them to be household names. I don't know. That is interesting. Is Charlotte Flair Ric Flair's daughter? Indeed she is. She looked too much like Ric Flair? No, no. She's um she's pretty decent looking. She's not like the hottest chick in WWE, but she's pretty good looking. She's pretty good looking. Tall, blonde, big boobs. I mean, because that was the problem with with Brooke Hogan is that you wanted to think she was hot, but as I was sitting there, I mean, I interviewed her in person in Vegas, and I wanted to think she was hot, but I was like, all I can see is Hulkster. Like that's all I can Brother. see. Yeah, exactly. Sounds like much. I mean, dude, she's big, and she, dude, Brooke's a big. Oh, I'm sorry. It's the four horse woman. Women, yeah. <laughs> All right, you wrestling people, I I, I got to tell you. Can't be the four horsemen, dude. That's Ric Flair. Can't have that. Oh, yeah, I forgot about it. Who else is in that? Well, there's a lot of different ones, but Arn Anderson was a mainstay. Yeah. You had uh, you had uh, uh, the Blanchard, um, Tully Blanchard was in there. Okay. For a while, Sid was in there. Lex Luger was in there. Oh, I forgot about Lex. Man, they're all, WCW was good times back then. <laughs> it was good times back then. Ric Flair is the ultimate, man.
I, did, when's that? Do you know off the top of your head when that thirty for thirty comes soon. out? Soon, I know it's soon. I think. The, I think the pre. I think the um, like the. Uh, he dropped another clip about it the other day, so yeah. it's got to be coming out. I think soon. the um, the red carpet event's coming up this weekend. Oh. So I can't wait to see that. I love, dude. I'll watch a thirty for thirty on anything, let alone something I kind of know a little bit about. So I'm very excited to see Ric Flair's thirty for thirty. Kyrie Irving is back in the news for not being the brightest. This is you got to remember. This is the flat Earth guy. You wouldn't believe why he almost refused to play last night. We'll give you that next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. All right, I like it. I like it a lot. Rock 106.9. 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. Where at 7:10 you can be a thousand dollars richer than you are right now. We'll give you your next keyword for Rock 106.9's bribe, and you'll get hooked up with a thousand dollars when you text it in. Am I eligible for that? No. 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 Okay. No, 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 no. Right. You should be. All right. Oh, I'm, I'm eligible for the for the free iHeart All Access, though, right? Yeah, you are. That. Okay. We're giving you uh, iHeart Media is. We're giving you a free preview weekend to iHeart Radio's All Access, which is, we have a great app, iHeart Radio. Most of you have it by now, I would imagine. And there's a premium section of it, and we're giving you a, like a free sneak peek of it all weekend long, starting today. First, it's free. Exactly. Like any smart drug dealer. Yep. Let's get you hooked. Yep. And then once you once you're on the corner, like, y'all got any more of them Green Day songs? <laughs> then it's like you know, fork over the money. You know what I mean? That's how we work. We're smart. We know how it is. Christopher tweeting in says, Man, I was at Guns N' Roses last night. Coma was a nice surprise. He's like, I was very happy to hear that. He's like, uh, and I'm with you. A Strange is a, is a great song. Rocket Queen was, uh, is my number one favorite song by them. And I would agree. Rocket Queen's my favorite song off of Appetite for Destruction. But A Strange, I know a lot of people like to, lock and to knock the Use Your Illusion albums. And I was thinking about this on my way home, Pantone, actually, about Guns N' Roses. That had Axel been able to, well, be talked to in the, in the early 90s. I mean, nobody could get him to come down off of his ivory tower. But had he been willing to compromise... And had they stripped down all the filler that was on Use Your Illusion 1 and 2 and put out one Use Your Illusion record and it was good all the way through, imagine that. If Appetite for Destruction and the Use Your Illusion albums get combined into one and you strip out all the filler and you just give everybody the songs they remember off those two records, what a legacy that is. Stop. I mean, it would be, I mean, that, I mean, those two albums, when you strip away the filler, are amazing. I know a lot of people knock them for, like, you know, the orchestra and all that stuff, but that's an artist, you know, working out their vision. I'm sure he wanted all that for Appetite, too, but the label was like, dude, nobody knows who you are. Just get in there and sing, right? And so that's the way that works. I, uh, I, dude, I, will, I will say this. I was surprised on how much Chinese democracy they played last night. I think it was five songs off of Chinese democracy. Got played last night. I'm sure people were uh, hitting the beer stand for that, hitting the bathroom for that. It was the, it was stand. interesting that people were like, yeah, we'll sit down during this. Like, they played better, and I like that song a lot. But my thing, I was like, I wonder how much Slash had to be paid right. to play. Right. I mean, because, dude, that was the thing. It was like, and you really think about that record, right? Chinese Democracy. I mean, dude, the community waited 13 years for that album to come out. And it was all right. I mean, it was all right. I mean, that's what just it. If he released that record and it took a year for it to come out, you're like, damn, dude, this Chinese democracy is pretty good. Who needs Slash? This is still pretty good. But you wait 13 years for it. Nothing's going to stand up for that. Like right. nothing is going to stand up to that. I, um, but I will say I also noticed this last night. And this is now the perfect answer I have for people when people say to me, why do radio stations play the same 50 songs? 
Well, I was at a sold out. Well, what was pretty much a sold out show for Guns N' Roses last night. You know what the biggest crowd reaction? Now, I left the show early, but you know what the biggest crowd reaction was for? Yeah, Sweet Child of Mine. The rest of it, everybody's clapping this net. The soonest Slash started playing that lick, the entire building erupted. That's why we do it. Because despite what you say, those are the songs that get the reaction we want you to have. I know what you tell me. What do you actually listen to? It's Sweet Child of Mine. That's what it is. And that's why we do that. I know it was like, it hit me, smacked me right in the face there last night. I was, I was like, this is why we do what we do. They just played six songs that were awesome. Everybody's sitting down, talking to their friends, texting on their phone. The moment that lick starts to get played, everybody's on their feet, singing every word. That's why we play it. Because that's the song you actually like. It's a good song. It's a great song. I don't care how burnt it is, because let's be real, it's a crispy-ass song, but it's still a great song. That might be one of the best licks in all of rock history. I mean, I, I actually tweeted this last night. I forgot how good Slash was. Like, he's the perfect lead guitarist. He gives you all the licks, can play the instrument up and down. He's got the mystique, the outfit. There's, there's, there's mystery in Slash. And it's just all that stuff that goes and builds into a rock star. And he's filled to the, dude, Slash is filled to the brim with it. He just is. He's a legitimate rock star. He's also filled to the brim with whiskey and heroin, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> well, I mean, dude, we got great records because of it. I don't care. So, dude, our buddy Kyrie Irving. Mm. Now, again, when he was going out on his flat earth thing, you know, people were telling me, I can't believe he thinks the earth is flat. He went to Duke, which makes you dumber than Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving didn't go to Duke. He played at Duke. And it was nine games. Let's not pretend he was in classrooms, right? This isn't Notre Dame, is my point. Like, Notre Dame makes their athletes, like, kind of play. Duke's not going to do If you can play basketball, you're going to get to play at Duke. I mean, but he went to high school, right? Like, he went to middle school, right? Like, all right, so he's a Duke. You well, just did went. you? Well, but I mean, I mean, he was probably the best basketball player in his neighborhood since he was five years old. But you had to sit in science class. You did. At one point or another, somewhere along the line, before seventh grade basketball, somebody over, like, explained this to him. I, I guarantee it. So he was playing in Milwaukee, and they were hosting uh, the Return to the Mecca night. And the, again, this was a thirty for thirty, the Mecca. And I, I don't know, was the Mecca the ve- that was the venue, right? Correct. That was the building that they used to play in. And there was something about Milwaukee's floor. It was like it was like wild. I remember like they got they paid some artist to design it. It, it looks like what do I want to say? Um, exactly, kind of what you would imagine in that era of like art, where it's like very colorful and very you know kind of like abstract. it's very early seventies. Yeah, and it, it it definitely it looks like it has that retro feel to it. So it's pretty cool. Robert Indiana was the guy who designed the floor and Irving Kyrie Irving seemed a little bit concerned about walking across the court before their uh, before their shoot around on Thursday do you have that I do well let me hear that um I'm all about safety so um see how it is on my knees see how it is on everyone's bodies I know that this is a pretty older court um looks like it's fresh painted as well so I'm just gonna do my assessment and go from there so the point being is he thought that was the same floor from the 70s that just got repainted for this night and the reporter asked him here about it. Oh, really? Why do they? Why can they not get this stuff, Mike? You know, it's a new court, is what he says. <laughs> okay. It took me three steps to realize that this is not the same NBA court that I'm used to playing on. So we'll see what's up. 
So he still thinks it's a different court. Yeah, and no, it's not, bro. <laughs> like it's 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 like a normal NBA court that every team in the association has on their floor, and it just has a paint job of an older court. He's dumb, right? <sighs> That's dumb. I mean, you're not trolling with this. People thought the flat Earth thing was trolling. Well, here's what I'm going to say about that. Is, Which I feel like that's excusing Kyrie well, Irving. H- how many times do you have to act dumb before it's like, well, you're perceived as dumb? Like, how 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 far along? Well, for me, it's now twice. <laughs> and so, like, I feel like he's dumb. How far along that can you go down that road before it's like, well, that's the reality of what you are? Like, I think right now is, I think we're there with Kyrie Irving. Um, I understand, uh, you know, if, you were, if you're a basketball player, why the floor being up to snuff would be important to you. Like, yes. yes I mean, that's, a, that's an important you make your thing. Bo- you make your living off your legs for sure, but to to come out and just be like, no, I took three steps on it, and I know it's like, come on, man, you know, like and for number one, you can pretend like you know, but you don't because it is a a standard NBA floor. Did they think they kept that floor from like forty years ago, from the nineteen seventies, and kept it like in storage and just like was were waiting for the day they could bring it out? You know, they addressed that on the thirty for thirty. I think somebody bought it. Like, I, think, I, I think the guy that did the thirty for thirty has it. I think it's in like a like, museum, right? Yeah, like it's in like. His home or whatever, his like. I think he has pieces of it displayed. Yeah. So, so, but like, and then to say it's a new, it was newly painted. He says it's you know it's oh, and they put a new paint job on it. If they were going to use the old floor, why would they put a new paint job on it? Right? Like, why would you do that? I mean, Milwaukee can afford wood, right? Dude. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, there was not a lot of thinking this one through. I'm telling you, man. I think if we. And again, I think certain. I think people just think celebrities are smart just because they got to be successful. You know what I mean? I think there's something about a super successful person that people go, oh, well, you must be a little smart. Kyrie doesn't, other than this, doesn't present himself as being dumb, really. He, I mean, like, other than these examples, like, and I mean, I'm not saying, like, oh, he's a well-spoken athlete, but, like, at the very <laughs> Look least. Look at him, he's articulate. Right, but at the very least, I mean, he he seems to understand things. There's some guys you and watch. He doesn't while out in the club. He's not making it rain where you go. You know what I mean? You, you, you can see some guys in sports, and you can just be like, God, dude, that guy, that guy other than understanding routes, does not understand anything. Like, yeah, I think that's, that's true. very common. He doesn't present himself as such but he keeps coming out with all this stupid like this stupid like stuff and it's like what are you doing bro you know it was a head scratcher why you're gonna leave the second greatest you know basketball player of all time and i think maybe man you start hearing answers like this it's like oh of course that's the brain that was telling him to leave lebron of course this all makes perfect sense now Corey feldman claims his life is in danger for exposing the pedophile ring in Hollywood. Now, I believe he's also put up a ransom of what he wants to start relisting the names. Releasing, sorry. Those names. We'll get into that. All of things Corey Feldman and give you $1,000 next on Rock 1069. 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 106.9. Every single hour on the program, you're getting hooked up with $1,000 and your next opportunity is happening very shortly. So stick around. We'll get you hooked up with $1,000. Also still to come on the program, 730. We'll talk to Mark Munch Bishop. Munch on Sports. But you can hear weekdays at 3 on Fox Sports 1350 everywhere on the free iHeartRadio app. And this weekend, iHeartRadio giving you a free preview weekend of iHeartRadio's All Access. Every feature you're looking for in a streaming service, they have figured it out. All of them. They have figured it out. And you, if you don't have the app yet, you can download it. And if you currently have it, you can take a sneak peek through All Access all weekend long starting today. So... Harvey Weinstein kind of has exposed a problem that's been happening in the entertainment industry, which is sexual assault um, running rampant through the studios. Now, a guy who was kind of early on this train 
of calling out Hollywood. I know Elijah Wood was one of them, but a guy who was, when I was growing up, was in pretty much every movie you could get your hands on, and he was just one of those people you thought was going to be in every movie till the end of time, which is Corey Feldman. Now, of course, stardom ends for all people. Yeah, especially Corey Feldman. It was a dude. It was a severe fall off the cliff there. Like, remember that A and E show he did? Oh yeah, remember he did the um. He was on the Today Show. He was trying to like get his band, you know, Corey and the it Angels. It was like two years ago, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, and it was a train wreck of of a performance. Yeah, that video was. Uh, I remember we posted those videos at wrqk.com. And as a matter of fact, I have a new Corey Feldman video. I'm going to want you to take a look at at wrqk.com shortly. But I remember, I think it was a year ago, maybe two. He was on The View, and he was talking about pedophiles in Hollywood. And it's weird when, and I understand, like most people don't want to talk about pedophilia. Like you just want to put it in the closet and pretend it doesn't happen. That's the way a lot of people want to act about problems. But Corey's been on this for a while now, like a long while, and nobody would listen to him. And now Harvey Weinstein, that whole thing happens, and Corey's like, guys, I've been ringing this bell for like years, and nobody wanted to pay attention to me. And so now people are starting to pay attention to him. And Corey says that he's had death threats and his life is being threatened because he's, you know, saying he's going to expose Hollywood. Now, I would imagine that some of those guys are still running studios or have powerful jobs at studios. And some of those guys are powerful enough to have underlings who will threaten your life. Yeah, I mean, that's not outside of the realm of possibilities at all. And I, I think it's worth noting here that, like, don't get me wrong, I think anything that falls under the sexual assault umbrella is pretty bad. But this is pedophilia we're talking about. This isn't like, hey, this is sexual harassment. You got a little too handsy with, uh, with you know, a grown up. With someone that's working with you or something like that. And I'm not trying to make which say is that's okay. awful. Right. It's awful. Sexual harassment's not okay, but pedophilia really is on another level. So when you start talking about that, it's like, well, I'm sure some of those dudes are like, yeah, dude, I, I'll, I'll threaten his life. For sure. You know, they're threatening his livelihood. They're their livelihood. So of course they're going to you know react in kind. Now I would think he's right and uh but I don't know for sure that this happened to him, but he claims it has. I'm going to choose to believe Corey Feldman. Um I remember there were there I mean he had he had alleged that Michael was inappropriate with him, right? Uh, I don't know if he was on the Michael Jackson list, but I mean, it's not like, you know, there's plenty. I know Macaulay Culkin was. I'm pretty sure he was on the Michael Touch Me train. Um, any, any reason why you give him the benefit of the doubt? Why there's not a little bit of like, well, he's just trying to cash in? Because he's been on it so long. I mean, dude, he's, dude, it was, he had said things about this before The View two years ago. Like, this goes back 10 years with him. It, it, it just to me, there's other examples of like, you know, and I'm not saying you in particular, but when it comes to like rich and powerful people being accused of stuff, there's always that argument of like, well, they're just trying to just trying to get money from him. Yeah, but again, like we, he's this is basically enemy X. I don't know who the rich and powerful are. So to me, it's not like I I I, I don't know who's being extorted. And actually, you could tell me what their names are, and I wouldn't know them. I think that's different than. Like an actor or an actress or somebody like that being accused of something sometimes. I, th- th- there's a possibility for that. He could be lying about all this. I don't know that he's right. But do I, am I, do I believe I'm savvy enough to realize that you give guys who like young kids access to young kids to put them in movies, they're not going to abuse that? Yeah, I mean, come on. Like, come on.
I, I just believe it. Now, he wants $10 million, Corey Feldman does. He says he's going to release a truth campaign, and he hopes that you will help him crowdfund $10 million over two months. For what? What's the $10 million going to? He's going to release a movie about his life. Now, here's where I get confused. Like... What do you need ten million dollars for? To make this, to make a movie exposing these pedophiles. Like, can't you just do like an over-the-shoulder two-camera shot? You sitting down with somebody having the conversation, maybe play a couple of clips of the Goonies in between, and you're done. Yeah, I, I, I mean, where's that? Where's what's that money so, like, for? That, that's suspicious. Now, what I would imagine is, isn't the money to help him live a life? Once he's been excommunicated from from the industry, which he already has, been. I was gonna say. I mean, I mean when it, was the last time he worked? I, I mean, I can't remember the last thing he was. I'm sure he's been in some like you know straight to Netflix movie, or I mean, you know what I mean. I'm sure he's been in something. He's probably found a way to make a little bit of money here and there. He's not like a marquee star anymore, but I'm a little suspicious of the money angle too. I am. Like to me, it feels like. I mean, Corey, if you're sitting on this information and these guys are working, don't. How dare you ask people for money for you to tell the story? Right. Just come out and tell the story. Like you're getting into territory where, like, well, who's worse here, Corey, them or you? I'm gonna say them. Um, but if if, if you don't want to come out with your story as a victim or as a survivor, however you view yourself, there, I'm okay with that. I really am. Like, I don't think you are obligated to. But at the same time, if you want to, like Corey Feldman obviously does, to ask for ten million dollars before you do it. That is a little bit like, come on, man. Yeah, he wants to finance the movie, which really, what's he want? Uh, what I would Im- what I imagine he wants to do is put two million dollars into a movie, put eight million dollars into and, his pocket. And there's not, there's not a film production company right now that wouldn't jump at that without ten million dollars and be like, no, bro, we'll we'll make this movie because let's be real, if this is like an actual expose of pedophilia in Hollywood, I don't know, man. I mean, who's gonna make it? I mean, your bosses are probably on the list. Oh, there's plenty of independent studios and things like that that weren't necessarily power players in the 1980s. Maybe. I, you know, I'll just, I'll remind people Miramax was an independent studio too. Like, and then it blew up. Like, I don't know who he works with, who he hasn't worked with, what's going on. But I know when you tell people, you either give me this money or I'm not telling you. And that's basically what he's saying here. It does water down your credibility a little like it does. I believe that stuff happened to him because he's been, like I said, he's been on this yeah, I believe for since the early 90s he's been on this. And so I believe him, but I don't know if, I mean, Corey Feldman, if people cared enough about you to give you $10 million, you'd still be in movies. You know what I mean? Like if you were a $10 million guy, you'd already be in a movie. But I, I can't lie, I'd be very interested to see that list of names and to see who's on it. I would be very interested to see that. Absolutely, I would. Munch on sports on loan from Fox Sports 1350 will join us next after you get hooked up at this thousand dollars right now. Your shot at one thousand dollars now. Text the keyword luck to 200 200 1069. And welcome back to the Stansbury Show and Rock 1069. Your next opportunity at a thousand dollars happens at 810 this morning. That's when you get your next keyword. Our good buddy joining us now, Mark Munch Bishop. Munch on Sports, who you can find weekdays at 3 on Fox Sports 1350 here or anywhere via the free iHeartRadio app. Munch, how are you, buddy? 
Brother, I am superb. But Danny, real quick, do you remember sure. years ago we were together elsewhere? Yes. And we gave away a Harley Davidson, a Metallica signed the gas tank. Yes, we. I do remember that. Wow, man, that's going back a lot of years, Munch. That was a good New promotion. Year's Day, two thousand. I'll never forget. Uh, Hetfield comes off the tour bus holding one of his kids, very, very young. Points at me, and he goes, "If I don't like the bike, I'm going to kick your blank." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that sounds like James. He meant it, too. He meant it, Dad. That sounds like James. Man, man, Munch, you're taking me back some years, buddy. It's always good to have you on. Um, I'm very excited to talk to you today because you're, and I'm saying you're because I know no bigger fan than you, your Ohio State Buckeyes take on Penn State this weekend. And I'm told by the national media that this is the game that will decide who's going to end up playing for the national championship. Do you buy that? Oh, I most certainly do. I mean, Buckeyes, should they lose? You got a Penn State loss. You have an Oklahoma loss. No matter what happens down the stretch, uh, no matter when they go to Ann Arbor last weekend of uh, the regular season. And again, we're just looking at tomorrow right now. That's how big this is. And I'll tell you, Buckeyes respond well in games like this. I understand Penn State is a juggernaut. They abused. They abused their opponent last Saturday night. But was that one of those things that that was their Super Bowl last Saturday, and this is another game after that? That's what Mr. Franklin, the head coach of Penn State, and his Nittany Lions have to be able to prove tomorrow. What I like about Urban Meyer is I think he's the college version of Bill Belichick, and by that I mean his teams get better as the year as the season goes on. The deeper you get in, the tighter they get, the better they get. A lot of teams fall apart as the season goes on. Urban gets his guys tightened up, and they play better deeper into the season. Do you agree? 100%. I mean, just flash, wasn't it that long ago? That they had a horrific loss yeah. of all teams to Virginia Tech. And don't get me wrong. Virginia Tech was not a bad team, but they were not a great team. Right. You know, a middle-of-the-pack NCAA team, and they came in and beat the Buckeyes. No, because he's able to make changes. And all of a sudden, Dan, the new offensive coordinator, Kevin Wilson, and all of a sudden, the new quarterbacks coach, who everybody wanted gone two, three games right. in, which is ludicrous, things seem to be working now, don't they? I, I'll take the way the Buckeyes have been playing. I feel very confident heading into tomorrow. Now, Penn State's a great team. So you might lose to a good team. I mean, I, I personally, I think the Buckeyes win. I don't know if I would bet this game. Like that, I'll, that's you know what, what I say. I've, I've got the Buckeyes winning by double digits. It may just wow. be ten, just because of the reasons I gave you. Penn State trick plays last week. Penn State, you know, they'll give it their all again too. Can that offensive line handle seven, eight linemen coming in from the Buckeyes who are fresh all the time? That's something to look at too. But on offense, the Nittany Lions scared the you know what out of me. Not just Barkley who. Dan, I'll tell you, he is my front runner for the Heisman Trophy. He has been for about four weeks now, but McSorley, their quarterback, impressed me. Third and 18 for him, it looks like third and one. He'll throw, he'll, he'll, he'll run, he'll, you know, he'll run the option. Kent is very heavy, too, so we can't forget about him. Good, good game. Oh, my gosh. Something else benefiting the Buckeyes. They will be, you know, 330 game. Something about Penn State at night. You know, in those those whiteouts, I right. mean, they'll be on the road. It'll be a blackout tomorrow for the Buckeyes. That helps the Buckeyes too. I would agree. I'm uh, I'm very excited to see that game tomorrow, Munch. I want to ask you about the Cavaliers starting lineup. Um, there are people in the national media who are telling me and, and everyone that the Cavaliers and Ty Lue should legitimately think about keeping LeBron James at the point all season. Do you like that idea? Do you know what? I don't like it all season, but I'll tell you this. 
doesn't he run the point anyway? You should leave from about the middle of the third quarter on. And you can go yes. both ways, just like the other day when somebody said to me, so Derek Rose is going to have to uh, This was the opening day. Derek Rose is going to have to guard Kyrie. And I said, yeah, and Kyrie's going to have to guard Derek Rose. Same thing when Isaiah Thomas is out there. Now, all of a sudden, you have LeBron James, who may be the strongest player, ounce for ounce, pound for pound in the league, but he's the guy that's uncanny dropping dimes, this and that. I just don't know, though, Dan, will take away from other aspects of his game. He's usually a second-leading rebounder behind Kevin Love. But Tristan Thompson, even when he's starting, is usually third. But I have no problem with him being there. But when Rose comes back healthy, Thomas comes back healthy, really, they'll be on the court with him. Will he be point guard only in name? Someone else I'm looking at is Jake Crowder. Now, no one will say anything. When I see a guy like Jake get one rebound, and, and, you know, playing his minutes that he's playing, I'm wondering if there's something wrong with him and he's just going out there right now because the team is decimated. But if LeBron runs a point, I'm fine with that. Do I want it for the rest of the year? Again, it could be just title only. And, Dan, you've been to games. We've heard it. We've seen it. When they put a mic in LeBron's face and they say, you know, the players come out and get a position, he says every position. So there <laughs> yeah, you that's go. True. I mean, he's inarguably, I think, the most diverse basketball player in the history of the game. We can talk about Agreed. whether he's the greatest or not, but I, I mean, the, the ability yeah. to run the one through five and defend all positions, um, it's not a long-term fix, but you're right. It's okay right now, and it's something for Ty Lue to kind of mess around with as the season develops. Um, you know, five games deep into the season is literally no time at all, but you've got a lot Thank of... Thank you, Matt. You've got a lot <laughs> of people who are concerned about a three and two start, and a lot of people calling for accountability on Coach Lou, what's your take on the Cavs kind of floundering out of the gate? Well, number one, I saw you, it was at either a, a social, a Facebook or tweet the other day, basically telling people, just knock it off and relax. If this is floundering, then give me more of it, okay? Right. Now, one thing I don't like, and we know this for a fact, guys, is that you're playing the Orlandos of the world. They're improved. You're playing the Nets of the world. They're, they're missing D'Angelo Russell the other day. But every time the Cavaliers come in, that is the game that they put on their gun belt. These, these are teams that, are they going to win 20 or 30 games? Probably not. They might not even win 20. So when they play the Cavs, this is their game seven of the playoffs, even if it's five games in and they want to give it their all. Something else, Matt, you said that I love, and I will say LeBron's the greatest right now. He's the greatest all-time that's open to debate. But you know what else you're seeing when you see LeBron? You're seeing Magic Johnson. Yeah, we all remember him running the point. Playing a playing center, jumping center, you know, playing the two guard, playing a three and a four. Uh, I mean, that's what LeBron is right now. So it's not anything new for a superstar player. I would agree that I think people want to compare Michael uh, Michael Jordan and LeBron James because of the greatness of the player, but the style of play of LeBron is probably more kin to Magic Johnson. I said I think it, I, I yeah. said before the season started. I think at 15 games in, you're probably at 500. LeBron, I love him, but he is a little bit of a drama queen, and he, <laughs> no, he is, he totally is. But he, I agree. But he kind of, li- Munch, he kind of likes this. He kind of likes when, like, when you sputter, and now like the media will start to doubt him. Is he the greatest? We're 15 years in. We're going to start to see a decline. He likes it. I think there's certain guys when you're that good need extra motivation. 
Because he kind of knows, like, ah, me at 60%, I can float through most of these games. He kind of needs the motivation to get geared up. They're, these are 82 practices. Everybody knows. And I think LeBron just kind of does stuff and is, like, okay with this kind of stuff to get him motivated. I want to switch sports on you, though, because uh, I got to give no, you're you, loud. I, I, I gotta give you a couple I got to give you a couple of minutes here because the Browns head to London. Already oh, th- no, you had to bring them up. <laughs> They're already there, from what I understand. <laughs> a buddy of mine was on the team plane. They've landed. They're safe. And... Um, I want to ask you this question because I think I'm right, but everybody thinks I'm dumb. Okay. I, I think where the Browns went wrong, Munch, is we fired Michael Lombardi too early. Am I right? Not at all. Michael Lombardi is a backstabber. He has no knowledge of the game in any way, shape, or form. He never should have brought in here, Dan. This was an aberration of humanity of uh, the people that Mike Lombardi has stabbed in the back throughout his career. Okay, no, I'm wrong. He's bad for the building. He's bad for the team. Okay. <laughs> okay. I mean, you asked me bluntly. No, I did. I just, you know what? That's why I love there you. There were times that if I was you know, closer to the end of my career, you know, ready to pull the plug when he was in Berea, I would have fought him. There's no doubt. I would have fought him. <laughs> Dude, I love you. I love you. I think you and I do agree, however, that the Sashi <laughs> Brown experiment isn't really panning out. Um, Brother, you know what happened? Sashi and his boys. Sashi was behind the wheel. They asked Jimmy to hop in. Jimmy was panicking. He didn't have a ride. And they were downtown. He had to get back to his hotel. And he was nervous because, you know what, some of the people that hang out later in the evening were coming around. So basically this, Sashi and his guys, they grabbed a panicky Jimmy Haslam, and they're taking him. Well, they took him for a ride, and we'll see how much longer that ride continues. You know, it's uh, like the Uber guy when I was in New York, the $60 one way to uh, a place. Because uh, it was two in the morning, all of a sudden it was 190 bucks. That's Jeez, what they're yeah, doing. Exactly. I now see. Here's my thing: is that I, <laughs> the Browns fans are calling for change, and I think we need it. But I think we're better served finding a real GM versus throwing Hugh Jackson out. What change do you make, bro? bro you know what? Number one, think about this: we do not have a president or a GM. Yeah, that's crazy. That's Brown is it. We, yeah, don't, we also don't have a win. Judge, jury, and executioner. You know, as executive vice president, you need football people in there. And I want you to watch the Vikings on Sunday with the Browns. Okay. A lot of the guys' names you may not know on there. But, again, I mentioned it, and I understand McKinley and Maslin square off this weekend. That's guys, right. I'll toss it out in a second here. I got an invite to the game. But the bottom line is you need football people. Watch Minnesota. Rick Spielman. Yeah, you know their last name. Oh, yeah. Chris's brower. Chris, you know, he's Chris, he, Chris is his bro. He is their player personnel guy. Oh, no doubt. I would like to see you. I would like to see you with some other groceries on there, some fresh groceries on the table with a, with a president and GM that are football people. I totally agree. I've been behind Hugh. I said if the fans want to fire him now, I can kind of get it. You're 1-22 or whatever the hell it is. Like, I can understand it. Welcome to NFL football. Coaches get fired for this kind of stuff. I think he's better than what his record shows. I think the front office isn't doing him any favors. As a matter of fact, Minnesota's coach Mike Zimmer came out two days ago and said, do you leave Hugh Jackson right where he is? And he's going to get that thing turned around. And Mike Zimmer's kind of got the Vikings turned around. So I I agree. I think you, I think the change need to come more with the front office than they do with the head coach. So, dude, you're going to McKinley-Maslin tomorrow, huh? Well, you know, here is the thing. You know, I, I, I'd love to go to the game, and uh, I, I want to be – you know, I'm not going to wear, like, half and half. I will wear neutral colors. Okay. The only thing is I got one invite to a McKinley suite and one to a Maslin suite. Bulldogs, baby. <laughs> what come the on. heck do so, I do, guys? So here's the thing. 
up until up until <laughs> about a, up until about a week ago, I would have said, "Ah, do whatever you want." But this has become personal for me now, so I want you in Ooh. the. I want you in the. Uh, yeah, I got to tell you the story off the air. I've, honestly, <laughs> management has clamped down and said, "Do not tell that story." But I am. I am anti Maslin Tigers this week. I am, uh, dude. I, I am all for the pups. So you sit. You sit in that McKinley sweet munch. You there? Buddy? I've got you, bro. Okay. You know awesome. what? I've got your back. You got mine. I got Danton. Right. He's got mine. <laughs> Bottom line is this: I like the pups a lot. And I'll tell you this too. Something talked to me a long time ago, and maybe that's me when I say I'll fight Lombardi. And there's a couple other on my list too. Is that you know what? Not the size of the dog in the fight. Think about this: it's the size of the fight in the dog. You're bro. damn right. You're damn right. And honestly, I would pay any amount of money you want to watch <laughs> you fight Michael Lombardi, buddy. I would. I would pay any amount of money there is. Mark Munch, Bishop Munch on Sports. Catch him weekdays at three on Fox Sports 1350. Everywhere on the free iHeartRadio app. Munch, thanks for joining us, buddy. I appreciate it. My pleasure, gentlemen. Go we'll, keep rocking. We'll talk to you next Friday. We'll be right back with more Sansbury Show. Hang on. Dan Stansberry and his boy Wonder Matt Fantone. At last. Two heroes! The Stansberry Show. Rock 106.9. Show. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. Tomorrow, from 11 to 1, you can find me at TD's on West Tusk. I'll be there for a pregame festivities for the mckinley Maslin game. Right. And somebody just sent me this. Our good buddy Dustin sent me this. Apparently, one of the signs that's up in Maslin's hallway right now says, Rock beats paper just as Tigers beat Bulldogs. Well, no, that's not how that game works. That's that's not how that game works. No, it is not. You're going to get demolished. It's going to be like 75 to nothing. McKinley's going to just whoop your ass. Dude, a week ago, I wouldn't have cared either way. I would have been like, Dan, I just hope both teams play well. I hope everybody gets a college scholarship. Well, everybody, trophy, everybody just goes to the pros. It was reiterated to me this morning. Don't you dare tell that story. But maybe on Monday, I might be able to. Be a good one, but I'll be out there at uh, TD's Tailgate Grill tomorrow morning on West Tusk from eleven to one. Get you uh, getting you ready for that game. Which, by the way, you'll uh, two dollar Coors Light pints, two dollar Coors Light pints, and a bunch of fajita mashers too. You know what I'm saying? Just go hard on those fajita mashers. Yeah, I probably will eat something. Uh, that's what I'm saying. I, I probably will do. Got to get one of those Jack Max too, man. I love TD's. Dude. It's delicious. Yeah, it's it's really good. It is really good. I'm excited about that tomorrow. It'll be fun. So a man in Kenya. All right. Had, Obama! <laughs> had what I think a lot of men would claim that they wanted. All right. Which is a huge penis. Okay. But not only. Dude, yeah, like 93% of dudes running around in Kenya probably right now just have huge ones, man. Just giant ones. <laughs> uh, stereotypes, you have no idea if that's right. <laughs> but Horace Opio is 20 years old. All right. And he had noticed at 10 years old. That he had a cyst on his genitals. It was thought to have been caused by a mosquito bite, God. releasing larva like larva in that developed into a, a parasitic worms that blocked his drainage system. Now listen, I you know I'm I'm an American and I'm happy to be one, but we all need to take a little bit of moment of appreciation right there. That like at least when you get a mosquito bite, no matter how bad your life is, at least when you get a mosquito bite, it's not leading into like swollen penis disease, dude. Thank God. So apparently his genitalia tissue swelled as fluid then started to build up beneath the skin. So he was obviously teased by his classmates and you know, you're in Kenya. So surgery is not always an option. All right. This guy had dropped out of school 
and became like a recluse, convinced that the devil had cursed him. Again, be thankful you live in America where you can, you know what I mean, where you can have books and like, you know what I mean, and learn some things. That that's not so bad there. So a viral post went on Facebook, which I didn't. I mean, shout out to Facebook being in Kenya, reached a local doctor. So this guy now had surgery to remove this massive growth. Listen to this. His testicles, Fantone, weighed 11 pounds. Jeez. Each? I know. I think, I, I think that's a combined effort there. Well, still, dude. Five and a half pound you know, testicles, that's, that's pretty heavy. God, dude, imagine walking around with that. It'd be exhausting. So listen to this. Not only did he have 11 pound testicles, he had a three foot penis. No wonder you thought you were just taken over by Satan. A three-foot penis? That's taken over by God, not <laughs> Satan. A three-foot penis. Like, sometimes, dude, you'll see, like, a male porn star. You're like, dude, where do you even put that thing? Like, how do you, like, that's got to be uncomfortable walking around with it. Even, like, footers, I bet you are uncommon in porn. Like, a 12, full 12, like, I bet you, I mean, that's no, on the it, upper end there. It seems like porn gets off on telling you nine inches. Like, that dude's got, like, ni- that seems to be, like, the mark of, like, that's big. 12 is exceptional, so, like, three feet worth of dong? Jeez. Dude, he couldn't walk. Of course not. They were saying he couldn't walk, couldn't do anything. So, like I said, he had dropped out of school. They so now they like they've done the operation. He says now he can run around, he can play football and stuff. And by football, he means soccer. But like, I, I'm going to bet like urinating would be very like challenging. There's no way you would be able to sustain an erection, right? I mean, there, this guy has an orgasm. I bet you in his entire life. Well, what good would an erection be? You know what I mean? Like, dude, at three foot of penis, you're not going to put it anywhere. But at least masturbation. I mean, at least I want the guy to be able to orgasm. I mean, what do you use to masturbate? You know what? I'm not examining it. You know what? I think we had this talk this week. I'm not not, not examining it. But I would imagine you'd need something from, like, Husqvarna or whatever to, like, be able to, like, wrap around that. Good Lord. We have $1,000. We're giving it away every single hour on Rock 106.9. Your next chance happens at 810 on the Stansberry Show. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. Rock 106.9 online for you. WRQK.com. If you were not lucky enough to be at the queue last night for Guns N' Roses. People have been asking me how it went. I had to start a new Instagram account. It used to be Stansberry Show, but I, for some reason, I can't, I don't know, somebody hacked into it. I can't get back into it or whatever. Yeah, no, I can't get back into it. So I had to start a new one. So I went with just Dan.Stansberry. But if you're on Instagram, head over there and you'll be able to see some photos and a couple of videos, actually, from last night's uh, Guns N' Roses show. I felt like they were pretty good. Um, I'm a little spoiled. I've been to a million shows. I feel like Axel could have been a little better, just a little bit better. Actually, Chuck Yarborough from Cleveland.com said the same thing. Um, but they were they were good. I would go again. Uh, yeah, I mean, like... He's almost 60. I that's think. what I was going to say. Was he fat last night? Was it fat Axel? He wasn't as fat as the photos you remember okay. of him being passed around. You can tell like he had rabbit ears and had heard about the fact that he was chubby, and he's lost a little bit of the weight. He's still not like... 90s Axel where he was like real thin. Yeah, I mean, none of us are. You know what I'm saying? We're right. No, no, no. your time for everybody. But um, I'll tell you who was jacked is Slash. Really? Like, dude, Slash looks like he's been in the gym. Like, legitimately in the gym working out. Which a lot of bands say, 
like when they go and they do these reunion tours, that they have to do it in order to be able to do the shows. Like, we think it's so easy, but I'm willing about three hours, you know, guitar slung around your neck, kind of like moving around like that, running around that stage. I, that has to be hard, I think. And you're old. You know what I'm saying? It's not like you're 22 anymore. We're like, yeah, you could go up there. You could be, you know, hammered on Jack Daniels and fine. But nowadays, it's probably like, God, man, I got to take some Metamucil. You know, I got to get up there and I got to work out for a little bit, get on the treadmill. I mean, but Slash looked jacked. We have $1,000 headed your way here momentarily with Rock 1069's bribe. You'll get hooked up here. Another reminder, tomorrow you can find me at, I'll uh, be at the TD's Tailgate Grill, West Husk, from 11 to 1, little pregame party. For McKinley versus Maslin there. $2 Coors Light Pints from 11 to 1. I'll see you guys there tomorrow. Uh, speaking of the beer, not all men wear, not all heroes, rather, Fantone wear capes. Listen to this. Okay. A guy, uh, a 38-year-old man, said he went to like the corner store to get beer one night. Right. And he got locked in what is the quick trip beer cooler. You know, I was like, everybody's got like the beer cave yeah, or the quick, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, you know, one of those things, the guy got locked into it. Okay. And he said, all right, well, I'm locked in. I'm just going to sit here, stay there all night, dude, and drink beer all night in the cooler. <laughs> I'm surprised that, I mean, like, because those are probably, I don't know, like under 40 degrees. I'm surprised this dude didn't, like, die. They got to be cold, right? Yeah. I mean, it's got to be freezing cold. Like, I, I, So they say they got locked in there around uh, 10 to midnight. And they let him out just about 6 a.m. So the last shift. About six hours? So the last shift locked him in there. The next morning, the openers came in, and there he was. What they claim is is that, obviously, that the beer cooler's got a glass door on it. Yeah. And had he just knocked on the door, an employee would have heard him and let him out. But he sat in there, drank all the beer. Not all of it, obviously, but they opened the door in the morning. He'd walked out and left. Okay, so so it was a 24-hour gas station, but they closed those caves off once you're not allowed to sell liquor anymore. I believe, yeah, once you're not allowed to sell beer anymore, I think they, they lock it. And I, I, actually, I'm not even told which state this is in, so they okay. may have different uh, selling laws. But yeah, they, they opened the cooler around 6 a.m. The employees opened the door. The man left without paying for the beer, according to the report. Now, here's what I found interesting. You're locked in there six hours. Yeah. He drank an 18-ounce bottle of beer okay. and three cans of malt beverage. So you essentially did you have like five five beers in six right, hours? Six hours, dude. Yeah, I would have gotten hammered. I, I would have just been trying everything that I've been curious about. Like, man, right. I've never had that beer. Right. Let me try one of those. Let me try one of these. And honestly, I would have even paid for it. I would have just thought it was funny. Yeah, I had a been... good night in there. I mean, you didn't have to deal with your wife. She's not complaining about you sitting there drunk on the couch. No, no. Dude, that sounds like a great No, time. you're drunk at the corner store, right. locked in the quick cooler, man. The beer cave. The dude was locked down. Ice down. I'm like you. I can't believe. I mean, are those things cold enough for you to get like hypothermia? Um, I know like a meat locker. Well, is. and like a fridge is probably around forty degrees. I think that's kind of where it is. That's so what we were told yesterday. We should keep milk at forty degrees. Is what we were told. So yesterday. yeah, I mean, like I don't know if that's hypothermia, but that's certainly like you're going to lower your body temperature. I wouldn't think that's good for you. Yeah, I'm willing to bet six hours, and that was not absolutely good for him. I would agree with that. We have a thousand dollars. We're going to get you hooked up, and we're going to do that right now. Your shot at $1,000. Now, text the keyword BANK to 200-200. Rock 106.9. Welcome to the Stan's Ray Show and Rock 106.9. D. Snyder playing the Hard Rock Roxino tonight. We'll get you hooked up with those tickets around 9.30. Also, at 9.10, your next opportunity to score yourself 1000 bucks. Also, starting today, you're getting a free sneak peek weekend at iHeartRadio's All Access. You probably have the app. There's a... Uh, there's a premiere version. 
And uh, we're giving you a free sneak peek weekend to it. Yeah, you get to search and play any song, unlimited skips on your custom artist station. Obviously, you can make your own playlist. And maybe best of all, uh, download music right to your phone. That way you can listen offline. If you're trying not to go over on your data or something like that, this is an easy way. Uh, you still get your favorite jams. Yeah, I can't wait for that uh, for the plane because that sucks about being on a plane. You know what I mean? And so I will. I'm going to I'm gonna do all that, create a, a list. And have it ready to go for when I uh, head out to Vegas for Christmas. They've got the uh, they've got the Halloween channel too, and I know a lot of times at Halloween parties, like, well, what should we play? We should play our radio. We got it done for you. What are Halloween songs? Um, well, I mean, you know, obviously Thriller is one of them. I know we're not necessarily uh, big fans of Michael Jackson here on the Stansberry Show. Uh, I w- no, I disagree. I, I'm a huge fan. I just feel conflicted being a fan. Okay, uh, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, yes. I mean, uh, yes, y- yes. Um, but, you know, Thriller is the obvious. There's the Monster Mash. And that's the thing. Those are the only two I can come up with. But iHeartRadio's got it taken care of. I'm sure there's a little Alice Cooper in the mix. Oh. You know what I'm saying? I'm sure there's, uh, you know, any song that has the name Monster in it. There's plenty of those, right? You know? There's that Skillet song, Monster. You know, the Monster I've Become. Oh, yeah. Wasn't that like Pop Evil Jam? Yeah, a little Pop like Evil then. Yeah, so, you know. Monster You Made? Yeah. yeah. Uh, anything to do with, like, witches. I'm sure Witchy Woman's probably on there. You know what I mean? Like that old Seinfeld episode. Oh, yeah. Witch A Woman. Yeah. <laughs> uh, witch A Woman. Yeah, that probably will be on it. Yeah. Did you see that the uh, the Halloween decorations have been unceremoniously removed? Was that you? No, that was Keith Kennedy. <laughs> I uh, I believe they were in the way of his Snickers bowl, and he uh, he wasn't having it. No, I, apparently what was happening is that you know we had some of these blow up things here for Halloween, and they're loud. And for some reason, and I don't know why this is, but Keith Kennedy will not shut his door while he's live on the radio. Everyone needs to hear him. Like I, people on the people out there, people in here, everyone needs to hear Double K. That's. You know what? Knowing him, oh, yeah. that egotistical dick, that is yeah. so why that is. That I guarantee it. What are you walking by? You need to hear Keith and Tony too. Put it on, baby. What do you want to hear me? What do you, what, what do you want? The Sandra show? No. You get Rihanna and me. That is Keith Kennedy for sure. But apparently the fans were like too loud uh, that were like had those inflatable things up. So instead of, I don't know, shutting the studio door, <laughs> Keith Kennedy's out there yanking books out of the wall. I was like, did I walk out there and he just looked like a like a serial killer strangling like Halloween decorations? I was like, buddy, what is your deal? And he's like, these goddamn fans are so loud. I can't hear anything. I was like, well, it's amazing, man. Your studio comes with a door. Get in your own studio. He <laughs> gets so mad, but it's like, buddy, all you had to do is shut the door. So, no, it was not me. I was, uh, I'm not a okay. Halloween person, uh, per se. But, uh, I, no, I would not rain on other people's parades for that. Speaking of Halloween, I saw this. Where this girl, people are pretty upset with her on Reddit. And... Donald Trump has been a popular Halloween costume forever. Like, I always remember seeing somebody come as him. He's just one of the most recognizable people in the world. None now make him president. So, yeah. of course, this season, guess what? You know, a lot of people are going to dress up like him, right? So this girl posted this photo of herself to Reddit. And what it is, and I think this costume came out great, is they have... What is somebody who's like dressed up as Donald Trump and he's holding a cardboard box 
and she is looks like she's sitting in the box, and she has fake legs coming over top. So it looks like she's kind of like sitting in the box, and her costume is, I'm being deported by Donald Trump, which I think is funny. And people on Reddit are furious with her for making light of it. Okay, is she's it, a high school kid? Is is she Hispanic? Yes. Okay. And so I think, well, so, all right, I'm saying yes, and you know what? That's probably not well advised. It, I, I'm looking at a photo of her, and... It, is the butt of the joke the Hispanic person being deported, or is the butt of the joke Donald I think Trump? she's making fun of him, is the way it looks to me. Again, I don't know her to be Hispanic. Looking at her, I feel like it's not a stretch that she would be. Is that fair? Is that a fair statement? I don't, fair. I, I don't, know, I don't know how to say these things in fair. 2017 without you know everybody being pissed off. I already had somebody up here this week demanding I, I be removed from here. I don't need anybody else doing it. No, we don't. Um, so to, for me, I take this as in she's making fun of him and making fun of the policy and all that. But again, now you do anything political and like half the people on Reddit are saying, you know, where's the Obama costume? Because he deported plenty. You know what I mean? And so well, now people are like but, back and forth and back that, and forth. That's that's very true. So like I know a lot of people are like, oh, dude, President Trump, he's the deporter in chief. And it's like, well, I mean, statistically, I mean, Obama deported more people than any other president prior to him. So good like, for you though, because most of your most of your compatriots don't want to admit that. But like because it's considered but, to be mean. But people on the other side of me. Shouldn't you be applauding Obama? Like, right. if you wanted all those people deported, like, yes. if you think that's such a great thing that President Trump's doing, like, you probably should have, you know, celebrated President Obama in that moment. He was pretty also, he was also a little loose with those bombs over in the Middle East, too, there. Yeah, yeah, it's true. I mean, dude, Obama just lit it up over there. Um, I, I like this costume. I, I, I think it, it, welcome to a ma- like, this is what the, people are going to do. They're going to push envelopes. The only thing that I'm, that, that makes me say no on this is the fact that she's in high school. And if the high school wants to decide that, hey, that's too inflammatory or that's too over the line, I mean, it's high school. So, like, you you as the administrator of that building have the final say. Okay, you take high school out of it, if I'm with you. If this was an okay, adult, right. dude, I, do, I don't care what you do as an adult, dude. You have literally, you can do whatever the hell you want to do on Halloween. I don't Except care. For, I mean, maybe not dress up. I mean, we just use the word adult. <laughs> that's a good point. I mean, uh, I mean, maybe don't do that. No, again... Eh, that's me carrying my own like childhood BS into Halloween, though. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, it is. It totally is. There's, uh, there's a Halloween party I got invited to this weekend, and the big reason why I'm like, I don't want to do this. Well, number one is that's just me, but number two, yeah, that is. It's like I just don't want to like go get a costume and make the whole thing and like, all right, now I got to be in a costume all night. Were like, you guys gonna be LeBron James? Yeah, I was gonna be LeBron. And she was gonna be Dwayne Wade, and I figured that would have been easy and quick. No blackface, bro. Well, of course, no blackface. Like, dude, Bro, that's no, the last thing I. That's so. the last. I just see Fantone over the mirror, little kiwi shoe polish. <laughs> it's inevitable. Bang it up. It's inevitable. There will be come Monday. Well, yeah, because the part, all the parties. Oh will yeah, what this celebrity weekend. will be in blackface right. this year? Exactly. Because Jason Aldean was like, didn't he do Little Wayne like last yep. year, or the year before? Like that was like a thing. Yep. I'm just telling you right now, blackface, not a good idea. No, it's not going to work out in your favor. You're it's gonna, not. dude. You're gonna be meeting with the HR department. Yeah. Come Monday, it's just, it, it's just there will be celebrities. There will be. Like, oh my god, did you see this costume? It's coming down the pipeline, and people are going to be worked up about it one way or the other. Twitter's got a great suggestion for me. Actually, I'm surprised by that. But he says, I know you watched the show Mindhunter on Netflix. And he's like, if you listen to that, he's like, the soundtrack of that was awesome. And he's right. That, That show was scored 
so perfectly. Like they nailed the music of that show. Again, if you're on Netflix and you haven't watched Mindhunter yet, it is honestly it's one of my favorite things I've watched on Netflix maybe ever. I, I think it's one of their best original programs ever. It was so very good. But he's right that that score would be a great. They they nailed the music in that show perfectly. I've got bad news, buddy. What is it? Dude, STD rates are at an all-time high, and I'm going to let you know how many people in Ohio per 100,000 people have STDs, and you're not going to like it. We'll give you that information next on Rock 106.9. 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show, Rock 106.9. 9.10 is when you get your next opportunity to score yourself $1,000. With Rock 106.9's bribe, we'll give you the next keyword at 9.10. You'll text it in, and you'll have $1,000 that you don't currently have. The uh, the fine people here at iHeartRadio, man, just getting people hooked up this weekend. Like, just good stuff happening all over the place. Uh, introduce me to some of those fine people here. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to meet a few of those. That would be cool. I would enjoy that. So it's Friday. It is, right? <laughs> all right. Okay. Thank God. Like, I was like, you know, sometimes yeah, I get confused. Maybe it is. So it's Friday. So a lot of you are going to be out tonight. Those of you that are not in committed relationships, you're going to go out, right? Or some of you that are in committed relationships. We don't know your life. I mean, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Uh, not so committed there right. if, if you're out trying to find somebody else to you know have sex with. But that's what happens. Welcome to the weekend. That's, that's the way that's going to go down, right? And I got bad news for you. Because 2016, now I know we're in 2017 now, but 2016 was the highest STD year in history, they say. All right. Um, STD rates are rising rapidly. Now, there are a lot of people are weighing in as to why. And Tinder seems to be getting the brunt of this. But I'll be honest with you. I think more of you people hook up with other people through Facebook than you do with Tinder. Yeah, I mean, Tinder is exclusively for sex, or it's supposed to be exclusively yeah, but they, for but sex. Yeah, but chicks ruin that now, because now you log on to Tinder, and it's like, oh my god, I'm just looking for my knight in shining armor. If you're looking for a hookup, swipe the other way. No, bitch, that's what this app was for. Take your I'm a good parent over to Instagram, where it's supposed to be. Right, but I mean, all <laughs> these digital platforms are giving us new ways to hook up with people, where, you know, it used to be, best chance was at the bar, right? That was like, you're pretty much the best shot. Grocery store, well, but yeah. You could, you could meet somebody to date at a grocery store. You could meet somebody and be like, "Oh, hey, I'd like to take oh, you sex out." Bar. But I'm talking like, yeah. like just hooking bar. up, like one night stand, or you turn into friends with benefits or whatever. Bar was the place to go. That's true, and it's still a good place to go. But now you have all these different op- opportunities. I'm not necessarily surprised that those lead to some, uh, you know, gunked up genitals there. So I have some 2016 numbers on sexually transmitted diseases. Listen to this. 1.6 million chlamydia cases were reported. This is reported, by the way. Think about that. Think about how many people are living with an STD, don't know it, don't show signs of it, have never been tested. Think about that. That's what makes this really scary. So these are new cases? These are reported cases in 2016. 470,000 gonorrhea cases. Dear God, I mean, four hundred and seventy. You gotta remember, we got three hundred plus three hundred twenty-five million people on uh, in in America right now, um, and those are two of the more minor STDs. I mean, chlamydia and gonorrhea. Those, I think, those are just like curable, right? right. I mean, yeah, you get five pills, and, and and you're like moving on with your day. Twenty-eight thousand people reported a primary and secondary syphilis case. Now, I'll be honest with you. I don't know what the difference between a primary and secondary syphilis case is. Increases in STDs are a clear warning of a growing threat, they say. 
Uh, that was uh, Jonathan Merman, the director of the CDC's National Center for HIV and AIDS, viral hepatitis, STD, and TB prevention. STDs are a persistent enemy, he claims, growing in number and outpacing our ability to respond. The increase has been seen in all genders and all sexual orientations. So this isn't like, oh, yeah, it's just gay dudes out there banging each other. Right. This is everybody. Okay. They say while young women continue to bear the greatest burden of chlamydia, nearly half of all diagnosed infections of, of chlamydia were women. Surges in syphilis and gonorrhea are increasingly affecting new populations of people, they claim. They say syphilis cases are up 18% when you compare 2015 to 2016. And the majority of those cases are in men, especially in the gay population. They say okay. syphilis running wild through the gay population. Okay. Um, they say the frustrating part for the, D, uh, for the CDC is that these diseases can be treated with antibiotics, but left untreated can have damaging health concerns, especially among pregnant women. And that is true. Yeah. I believe in a two-time-a-year system. You know what I mean? I, I Like, pick whatever your two favorite seasons are and go get tested. Like, I, I believe in a two-time-a-year system. And, uh, and now, if you haven't been sexually active this last year and you were, ten, you, you were tested last year, you're probably going to be okay. Um, I know some of these things can, you know, sit. I know, well, I know HIV can sit in you up to five years and you might not know you have it. So, like, I, I find it's pretty good to stay up to date on these things and to get tested. Um, I, I think there's a couple of things that are pushing this. Digital, number one, is definitely a part of it. Um, number two, I think the uh, healthcare system as a whole has left a lot of people, especially poorer people, um, uh, very much in the mindset of like, eh, whatever, it'll take care of itself. I'm not going to the doctor because I'm going to be broke if I go. So I think there's people who might know something's wrong, but are kind of in denial of it because financially they're not able to take care of it. So I think that's a part of it. And I think another, well, this is kind of a two part uh, thought here is that, well, number one, um, AIDS doesn't feel like the dangerous thing that it did 25 years ago. You know what I mean? Look at like, Magic Johnson. Uh, right. He's smiling on TV. Look at Magic Johnson. And then just, you know, there was, That's so what people much, think. there was so much like fear of it and so much like unknown about it. And now that it's a little bit more, I don't want to say mainstream because I don't think AIDS is mainstream, but now that it's a little bit more like. It's not the death sentence it was. Not the death sentence it was and not, you know, not nearly as, it doesn't feel like, oh my God, anyone could have AIDS, which they could because the second part of this is you have to factor in intravenous drug use when it comes to a heroin epidemic that's sweeping across the country yeah. right now. I mean, you're going to share needles anytime, anytime that there is a, an injection drug epidemic right behind it is an AIDS and a, uh, and a hepatitis epidemic. Like it is literally like right behind it. So I think you factor in all those things. It's not necessarily surprising to me to know that, you know, STD rates are spiking. here. I personally think a lot of the problem is and parents aren't going to want to hear this. You got to stop bitching at the school for passing out condoms and teaching your kids about safe sex. Abstinence doesn't work. If we start educating people earlier on these things, we can cut this stuff off at the pass. But for some reason, and again, I'm not a parent, so maybe my mind will change when I have my first kid. Maybe it will. I'll make room for that. Okay, I will totally make room for that. But if anything, I dude, I, I can remember what it was like being in the 11th grade. And honestly, getting condoms was strange and it was weird and it was awkward. And if, maybe if I could have got them from my guidance counselor and just put them in my pocket and had them, maybe I wouldn't have had unprotected sex at 15. Um, I, I guess the argument there is like, well, why should we... 
Why should you depend on your school? Shouldn't that be a, a parent a parental thing? Yeah, but you're should, falling down on the job, parents. You're not doing it. Should, if you were doing it, then maybe I could see that. Shouldn't you be the one giving your kids condoms? Yes, absolutely. You should, but you're not. Because look at where we are. And so, therefore, dude, school's where you go to get educated. What better education could you get than, hey, if you put this here, you might die. <laughs> right? Sounds like edu- it sounds like an education issue to me. I could be wrong again. My my views could wildly change the moment I have my first child. I know that happens. I, it could absolutely be true. I don't know that yet. So they have it broken down by the states that are mo- the most gunked up in the STD regions. Okay. Right? Vermont is the least affected state of STDs coming in at number 50. Now that is because not that many people live there. This is obviously going to be like a per capita issue. Here, okay. Right. So, Ohio, because that's what you're all wondering. Well, I live here. Who cares about Vermont? What's Ohio like? We are the 14th most STD-ridden state in the country. And I'm a little, I don't, I don't want to say pleasantly surprised, but I expected us to be worse than that. Yeah, I mean, and a big part of it is, is just because we are ground zero of drug problems. So to me, I thought that would have right. that would have been enough to drive it up her, her, further. So a couple of the big ones here. Uh, number five is New Mexico. Number four was Georgia. Again, you got to remember some of these states are pretty big. New Mexico is pretty big. Georgia, right. halfway decent size, not exactly small there. Um, number three was Louisiana. Uh, again, Port City. You got people coming in and out like that. That does make some sense to me. I'm actually struggling to see who number two is here. They're all like the dark. Um, I can tell you that number one, I believe, is. Do I have this here? Where the hell is it? Oh, and this does not surprise me because you're all stuck together and you can't leave. Alaska is the number one STD state in the country it's dude there's only a handful of people there you're all banging it out together eventually you're just all sleeping around it's like one big high school and there's only like seven women in all of alaska like i know that that state is just just topsy-turvy when it comes to like breakdown it's all men up there so you're right there probably is like you've got you're literally just being passed around you've only got so many options yeah so alaska came in at number one vermont was the best ohio the 14th most std riddled state in the country. More Stansberry Show and $1,000 up for grabs next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. We may not be a global epidemic yet. On iHeartRadio. This is a dream come true. Canton's Rock Station. Rock 106.9. Hey guys, you guys, Stansberry here from North Canton Collision. The folks you call if you've been in a collision, big or small. North Canton Collision is an insurance claim specialist and they repair every make and every model. And they also have state-of-the-art paint technology. So no matter what type of accident you've been in, they can get your car back in pristine shape. Call my buddies Jeff, Alex, Woody, or Jason for a no-cost estimate at 330-499-5171 or find them online at NorthCantonCollision.com for more information. North Canton Collision, the folks you call if you've been in a collision, big or small. 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show on Rock 106.9. Your next opportunity to score $1,000 happened momentarily here. We'll give you your next keyword here in just a few minutes. Stick around for that. Also, 9.30, I'll get you hooked up with those D. Snyder tickets. Also, get you in the running for a meet and greet with D. That show tonight, Hard Rock Roxino, Northfield Park there. We'll get you in. Somebody has to explain to me why the Browns do things differently than every other team in the league. Because they've got it all figured out, Stansberry. When, right? uh, when you're a team like the Cleveland Browns, you lead the way. 
You're a trailblazer. Like, they didn't leave to go to London this week till Thursday. Now, I guess Hugh Jackson used to coach a team over there back in the day, the London, the London Monarchs. In 1991, he was a coach of the London Monarchs. Okay. I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. I didn't know, I didn't know American football was over the pond in 1991. I didn't realize that, yeah, that they had, like I don't know, it must have been another league or, or what the deal was. But he says, you know, I had to fly back and forth between the two a lot back then. And he says, I had a lot of information given to me. This is about the trip to London. He says, I have a little experience in dealing with it, having lived there, but we did research it. Maybe spend more time looking at that tape of Carson Wentz. <laughs> Maybe that. Oh. says, we did a lot of research on it. We talked to a lot of different people on it. We really kind of sat down and put our heads together. We made a decision that we thought was best for everybody involved. Now, some teams, Fantone, go and spend the entire week in London so they can get there, get used to the time, prepare for the upcoming game. Makes sense. The Browns tried to keep their routine as normal as possible, which means they'll lose Sunday as well. Wednesday was a typical Wednesday. Thursday will be usual. Thursday until later in that evening when the team boards a seven-hour red-eye flight. Now, again, my buddy Dave Spano was on that flight. They are in London. Um, they have, uh, they've landed safely. The Browns... They say it'll be mid-morning Friday, uh, due to the time change. After a few hours to get their bearings straight, the players now will go through a walkthrough at the practice fields near the hotel. That's about an hour outside the city. Then they'll go to various media obligations and meetings before calling it a day. That's all today. Then Saturday, they'll have a mock game at the stadium before you know a few hours of free time to sightsee or do whatever else they want with their free time which is why i think you spend the whole week there it's london it's different maybe these guys haven't been there they've been to atlanta they've been to you know what i mean new england they've been to, they they've been around the league but they may have not have been there and what i don't want hugh jackson what i don't want sashi brown is 53 guys walking around london all night trying to get it in and their legs weak and they can't play on sunday how did you? I mean, dude, this is a leg game. Um, I, I I guess at this point, I would assume most of these dudes, yes, they've been to the other cities in the NFL. Um, but if these dudes really would have wanted to, like, you know what, I'm gonna go take some time and really explore London, these guys would have done something like that in the off season. You know what I mean? Like, so I think, I think a lot maybe of these what, dudes probably just gonna go back to the hotel. What what I? Yes, that's that's. It's not the craziest thought you've ever had, but for me, if I'm looking at the schedule going, well, why am I going to do it in the offseason? The team's sending me this week. Every team in the league goes, spends a week there. I'll have a day off. I'll be able to go get the fish and chips. Why is it that the Browns try to think outside the box and always screw it up? We'll go get a baseball guy to run our football franchise. We'll, we'll be the team that goes to London on, on Thursday, two days before the game. Give the guys an entire day on Friday, get no sleep, then have to run through the game on Saturday, then play the game on Sunday. If, if, Stupid. If nothing else, just because of the time difference is why I would think you would get there a little bit before, just because, like... Get acclimated. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, like, six or seven hours difference, and, like, that's kind of a big deal. I mean, three hours to the West Coast messes people up all the time, so you double that, essentially, by going over to London. Yeah, I think it's undeniable that you're going to need some sort of time to to uh, you know assimilate to the jet lag there. I'm being asked to explain to you uh, about how the meet and greet tonight for D. Snyder will work. You'll get called by the right. promotions department. Everybody that won tickets is eligible. They'll call you. It'll all take place tonight at the venue. I'm sorry, but back to the Browns. I um, they're a mess, and they got to stop trying to think outside the box. You're not a smart franchise. You're not. You're the finger painters of the NFL. That's who you are. 
You're an abysmal mess. You can't get your ass together. And stop trying to try. Quit trying to outsmart the rest of the league. You're dumbasses. Like you, you can't do it. You don't have it in you. I think you throw all of the all of the unorthodox things about this week. And I know Minnesota is a pretty decent team, even if they're not star studded. They have you know decent talent on their team. I think this is one of the final chances for the Browns to pick up a victory here. And uh, no, no way. Did you do that Minnesota defense is loaded down with stars. I just feel like I just feel like there's going to be an opportunity in the sense of like the Vikings are also in an unfamiliar situation. That's so maybe fair. That throws them into a you know, tailspin. So that being said, in the hypothetical world, the very hypothetical world where the Browns go into the London, pick up a victory, and come back, does that does, does that kind of like? Take the wind out of the sails of any of these complaints about the Browns. Does one victory mean no. anything for Hugh Jackson? No, because you've been too starved. Back? Like if you did, if I starve you for six months and I give you a breadstick, you're gonna want the meal. Yeah, but are you gonna be happy to have that breadstick? Happy, not fulfilled. The, those are, those are two different things. So I think ultimately the answer to your question is no. I think honestly you got to stack a few wins up. But you guys got oh apparently, dude. Yeah, I guess the London Monarchs were part of NFL Europe. And I forgot. Uh, okay. I forgot that was a thing. But they weren't official NFL teams. That was just like NFL Europe, right? That was its own separate league. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't. I honestly, I don't remember it. I, I really don't remember that. Here's what I know: the Browns quit trying to be the team that that's on the like ahead of the curve on things. You can't get the game down. Quit trying to outsmart the rest of the league. Do things the way other teams do them. Because they're better than you. See, when you want to be better at something, you copy somebody or you go learn from somebody who knows more about it than you do. Which is literally every single team in the league. Going to win six games. Going to win six games. (laughs) I told you guys. I told you in preseason. No, they won't. They won't even come close. We have $1,000. It's up for grabs right now. It's not. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show. On Rock 106.9, we have D. Snyder tickets. We're going to give you those momentarily. 1-800-243-7625. As you hear, fans don't giggle there. Sorry, some jokes are just for us. I know that's rude. I don't care. I don't feel like getting fired today. No, I don't either. It's Friday. I would like to be able to come back here Monday. As a matter of fact, you'll be able to join me tomorrow from 11 to 1 as I'll be at the TD's Tailgate Grill on West Husk getting you pumped up for the McKinley Maslin Big Showdown. Uh, we'll be out there from eleven to one, getting you hooked up with two dollars cores, uh, two dollar cores light pints. I um, I, it's the biggest football game of the year. There's no question about it. Um, it's going to be a blowout. You know, there's going to be uh, what do I want to say here? Just McKinley Bulldogs running wild all over Tom Benson Stadium. Agreed. It's gonna be nice. Can't wait. Agreed. So it is Friday, indeed. And uh, it was earlier on the program, I was saying, dude, I bet a lot of you that are not in relationships are probably going to find yourself at the bar tonight and probably trying to hook up, right? That's what we thats what we single people do. Yeah, dude. And uh, Halloween is a great time for that hookup. You know, you're, everyone's, I disagree. everyone's wearing those costumes. Yeah, that's why I don't all like it. All of a sudden, it. you're making out with some chick that's dressed up like, right. I don't know, like Cinderella or something. It's like, damn. Right. And then you scrape six inches of makeup off of her face and like the, 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 the horns off the top of her head. And it's like, oh, God, you're gross. Wait, you've never been to Gatsby's before? <laughs> like, you don't know. That happens. I'll be at Gatsby's tonight. <laughs> you just talk me right into it. I'll be there tonight. But one night stands are part of the dating life. Now, I have here a couple of people have revealed, were willing to reveal 
some of the worst things that are hap- that have happened to them in a one night stand. Now, right. some of these I'm not sure I totally buy. This one I think was around Halloween. At least I think it. Or at least I hope it was around Halloween. Right. Where um, this is coming out of London, where somebody says here, well, I woke up. I was pretty happy with myself because I got laid last night until I realized all I had to wear home was a tiger onesie, no shoes, no t-shirt, just boxers and a tiger onesie. I was going through London's rush hour and a tiger onesie with the remains of tiger face paint on. That was pretty interesting. Yeah, you got to be careful with the uh, with the Halloween hookup there. At least like you're probably going to want to take an overnight bag in the car just in case. You know what I'm saying? Because that is the last thing you want is to have to walk out dressed up like the monster from Stranger Things. Like, son of a bitch. <laughs> I always, always keep a like a duffel bag full of like replacement clothes in the trunk of the car just in case stuff goes sideways. Yeah, you just Honestly, if all you got in there is a pair of basketball shorts and a hoodie, you're going to be okay. Something. At least that you've Enough got, to right. get me into a store and out or right. something, right? Uh, Casey says uh, via Twitter, he says, dude, you're talking about how you don't want to hook up with chicks on Halloween? What about the Black Freddy Krueger chick from a couple oh, of years yeah. ago? Yeah, yeah, he was right. Black Freddy Krueger was hot. Was she in the Miss Bad Bitch video she from was the parking not. lot? No, she was not. She okay. was not. We're trying to get her in a Miss Bad Bitch video that I record <laughs> on my iPhone. Because that girl was sexy as was hell. It was dude. at the basement, right? Yeah. Was, I think it's a basement up in like Portage Lakes or something like that. Yeah, as a matter of fact, the owner of the basement was trying to help me track her down. <laughs> like we were like we were like we were we were checking security tapes, the whole thing. We were trying to get the whole thing down. That woman was wildly attractive. Casey, nice memory on you. So we're talking about uh one night stands where people are like, you know, telling us like things that went wrong. This one's pretty gross, I'll just warn you. Uh, this guy says, I woke up after my one night stand and she had urinated in the bed. There were nine people in the house. Only two homeowners knew each other. Everyone else were total strangers. Come to find out I'm in a different state, which is to be fair, like only two hours from where I lived. I had to sit around in urine soaked clothes with a bunch of strangers oh. while my friend came and picked me up. He made me put on a trash bag in his car. Well, of course, dude. I'm not letting you get pee stains all over my car. Um, I, 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 I don't know if maybe in that situation when I went and sat out on the front porch, maybe if it was winter or something, I wouldn't. But, like, God, dude, that would suck, man. Just everyone's sitting there walk a shaming at each other. Like, ooh, dude, you slept with her, too? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's gross, right? I, I dated a girl once, and it's not funny because she was an alcoholic. Like, she was, like, legitimately an alcoholic. And she would black out, and she would urinate in the bed all the time now was this her waking up and urinating or was this her just being passed out and it would like, just happen face down in the bed wow. and just letting it go i i mean i i know of a couple people who have like said like oh yeah it's happened to me a couple times i thank god that i mean and i I'm, I'm i'm a binge drinker i'll get drunk but like i thank god that has not been a problem for me yeah i don't have that my brother dude my mom threw my brother out of the house when we were growing up because he had ruined like three couches really <laughs> he just kept just coming, peeing on just kept coming home Passing out on the couch, it would urinate right through him. Like, dude, that's why he got thrown out of my house when wow. we were growing up. Like, she couldn't, she couldn't take it anymore. But yeah, well, my ex was big into this. And what do you do in, with that mattress? I mean, there's no really cleaning that. I mean, you can get a steam cleaner and kind of pretend like you yeah, did flip something, it over. But after so many times, dude, that thing is just gonna reek like pee. So a woman here says she met a guy, ended up at his place. She had what she thought was a good time, so she thought better of it. The next morning, you know what? I'm gonna add this guy on Twitter. So she wakes up, checks his Twitter timeline, and he had spent the whole night prior like bitching about her and complaining about her, talked about how the sex was no good. And again, this happened to me once. Not with sex, but I was in a restaurant once. I was in Melt, of all places, as a matter of fact. And this was when I lived in Lakewood. 
Uh, I think November 11th, the are the the melt official is that right? date up in Belden. Yeah. I know I got the golden ticket to go. November 4th, yeah, we've got those. So I'm pretty excited uh-huh. to go to that. Um, so, I, yeah, I lived right around the corner from the original Melton Lakewood, and, uh, and I would like walking distance. I love that place, right? So I used to go there all the time, and I would pick up food to go. So I was sitting in the foyer, like, well, you know, where the like hostess is, and like, we're going to sit you to your table. And I was on Twitter, and this was like when Twitter was like uh, pretty new at that point, right? And this woman, young woman, I'll say, goes up to the hostess table and just starts berating the hostess about like when they're going to get their table, right? So I, observing it, go on Twitter and say, oh my God, there's a type A bitch right now totally laying into the melt staff over the fact that it's taking a while for her to get her table. And five minutes later... The same girl comes around the corner. She goes, hey, just so you know, I love you. I listen to you all the time. And now I'm never going to listen to you ever again because I'm a type A bitch. And I was like, oh, that's right. I forgot how public all this stuff Right, right. And hey, thanks for proving my point. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. Look how wrong I was. So this one made me think about you, buddy. Okay. This one made me think about you. All right. So this guy says, I woke up. Had sex with this woman last night, and I went outside to call an Uber after hooking up with her. Turns out her dad is an oh. Uber driver, and he picked me up at her house. I was his first customer of the day. Like, dude, I always pray my Uber drivers don't talk to me, but imagine that. Yeah, because what else is a dude? Some dude you don't know leaving Carrying your daughter's his, house for at, he, at, at 8 o'clock in the morning. He's got his collared shirt in his hand, oh. the white t-shirt, jeans aren't even zipped up yet, and one shoe's untied. I, I think most parents of adult children know and are okay with the fact that like, yes, my child has had sex before, but that's like slamming it in your face. Dude. Oh, that's I was going to say, don't slam it in anywhere. <laughs> what the hell is the matter with you? We'll give you those D. Snyder tickets. Also get you eligible for that meet and greet. We'll do so next on Rock 106. 106.9. And all I got to say is it's Friday. And everybody help me say the sinner's prayer. Say, oh, God. Oh, my name. Clint Parker. Melinda Brown Duncan, baby. A friend of mine said to me the other day, why don't you write a song about all this NFL stuff? So here it goes. It's called Kick the Dust Up. <laughs> if, if he were habitual homosexuals, then... By all means, take a hike. I thought I like women! Women, 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 women! And here he is, having the time of his life. <laughs> There's this big green <laughs> It is, other than jazz, it's the only other real American art form there is. There's a dirty little secret. I've said that if... Melinda Brown Duncan, baby! If it weren't my daughter, perhaps I'd be dating her. But he gotta eat the booty like groceries. You gonna die doing this dumb ass? Yeah, f***ing fool. Open your mouth so I can give you this milk. Open your f***ing mouth, man. I gotta do you like my two-year-old baby. The truth of the matter is, you were not a good baby. Well, you ain't seen nothing, my friend, until you have a flame coming out of your butthole and you need an asbestos diaper. To be able to keep that flame from burning a hole in your pants, you ain't seen nothing yet. And I don't know nothing about it, but I learned quick, fast, and hurt. I still got Pandora with commercials. What? You told me to leave while I'm in my order while you're making out with that slut. Being in the industry with how much you take on your face. There are men and women fighting. They're not fighting for your right to speak Spanish. They're fighting for your right to speak American. This is terrible. This is the after six years old. You know, I had to take off my shoes and run. So kiss my black. 
Hey, hold the presses. We just got some breaking news. Obviously, you guys know we're going to start Deshaun this week. I thought uh, that gave us the best opportunity to win the game. Yeah, I'm going to stand. I'm going to stand for America. For the red, white, and blue. Susie Dalton, co-writer. <laughs> Thank you very much. That song needed a co-writer. <laughs> Think about that. He's so proud of himself at the end, too. Just, <laughs> Thank you very much. I remembered her name. <laughs> song needed a co-writer. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show on Rock 106.9, nearing the end of the week, which, by the way, dude, this week flew. Yeah, that was a quick one, dude. All things considered, everything that kind of happened this week, we kind of mm-hmm. uh, pushed right through it. Do they stand? Do they play the National Anthem at the uh, UK games over there? Do they play both National Anthems? Do I, uh, I believe it's both, yeah. Do I kneel at one? Do I not kneel at the other one? What do I do there? Well, it's the 9 a.m. game, so just don't turn it on. Fair. I mean, it's the Browns, for Christ's sake. You think they're going to win? I think there's a chance, and it's just in that off chance that uh, Travel, you're, in such, right, you're in such a weird place as the Vikings. I mean, it's going to be one of those games that neither team probably plays up to their potential. That's so, probably true. You know, that I could just, be that there. There is uh, potential for that. I think um, uh, the Minnesota Vikings have a for real defense. That defense is for real. You know what? I normally like to give you guys the NFL bet that I'm going to make on Sunday. Let me pull up the lines here real quick and see if I can if I have them. I don't bet every week. There's not always a game I like. While you pull up those lines, it is worth noting that, you know, with Joe Thomas out and a tough Minnesota defense, it's pretty likely Deshaun Kaiser gets eaten up. It's not like I'm saying like no Browns win this one for sure. That's fair. And you gotta think too. No Miles Garrett on the other side. Right, no Miles Garrett playing. And is there a story what happened with his concussion? Is there like I a, have not heard an update. All I've heard is concussion protocol, and it's like, well, did I mean did he take a hit to the head or was it just like, dude, we don't even want to wait? you this year. We're going to sit you out for the next eight weeks. I, I I don't know. All right. So I'm looking at this fast. I don't know if I'll actually make this bet or not. Okay. And this is going to shock a lot of people because I'm a naysayer on their quarterback. But Carolina getting two points on the road at Tampa Bay. I like it. I think Cam Newton will bounce back this week. I think Carolina, you can throw the ball all over Tampa Bay. Like their secondary is awful. And I think, look for Cam Newton to have a big game Sunday. I will take the Panthers getting two on the road at Tampa Bay. That's the NFL bet I'll make. You can find me tomorrow. I'll be at the TD's Tailgate Grill on West Tusk from 11 to 1, getting you pumped up for the McKinley huge win tomorrow. You're getting $2 Coors Light pints. Aside from that, we are done for the day. However, stick around because our midday diva, Teresa, is getting you hooked up with $1,000 at 1010 on Rock 106.9. Have a great weekend. See ya. The Stansberry Show. All right. I like it. I like it a lot. Rock 106.9.